Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from John chapter 10, verses 22 through 30. This is the continuation of Jesus' teaching, I am the Good Shepherd. Earlier, of course, he goes through this discourse of being the Good Shepherd. He's talking about the blind guides of Uh, the Jewish people, the Pharisees, how they had been really bad shepherds. And Jesus is the true good shepherd that lays down his life for his sheep. We saw in our last podcast, there was division among the Jews. Is Jesus really who he claims to be? Or is he, some would say, demon-possessed? And they pointed out, of course, someone demon-possessed does not do the wonderful things that Jesus does, such as give sight to the blind. And today they corner Jesus. Jesus is in the temple During a particular festival, I mean, we should not be surprised that John has a festival in which he centers his teaching. You probably noticed that, that John a lot will have the teaching of Jesus couched within a Jewish festival. And this festival is called the Festival of Lights or Hanukkah or the Feast of Dedication. So at the Feast of Dedication, Jesus will give this teaching. He's in the colonnades of Solomon, these this place that would be an open-air place outside the temple courts that surrounded the temple, but it would be a place that was covered with a roof. It's wintertime, so it provides shelter for teachers. So Jesus is being circled by people, and they're peppering him with questions about his true identity. So let's go to our reading at this time. This is John uh, chapter 10, verses 22 through 30. This is the ESV. At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter. And Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the cross, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So just some revolutionary stuff that Jesus says. But first of all, when he says this, the time of the year would probably be around November or December. Think Hanukkah happens right before Christmas. This would be in the month of Chislev in the Jewish calendar. So it's cold. It's wintertime. And you can look at the climate of Jerusalem and it would mirror Uh, Much of what we see here in in probably like North Alabama or Tennessee, you would look at the the temperatures would be probably similar that time of year. So it's colder uh, there in Jerusalem. And they're celebrating this feast of rededication of the temple. If you remember, there was the Maccabean revolt that happened before Christ came. It was in what's called the intertestament period, the period between the writing of the last Old Testament book and the coming of John the Baptist. There was this Jewish revolt that took place against the Greeks. There was this horrible leader of the Greeks named Antiochus Epiphanes, and he had oppressed God's people. And Judas Maccabeus, Maccabee just means the hammer, leads this revolt against the Greeks, and they win this miraculous victory over superior forces. So the Jews are liberated, and they go and rededicate the temple who had been the temple had been defiled, but also the priesthood and, and Judaism had become very corrupt during that time period. So there's this rededication and and this reinvigoration. And there's this miracle. They didn't have a lot of oil at that time uh, to burn the menorah lamp. And I think of the menorah being the 
seven branch a candle, a candelabra that they had in the temple. They didn't have enough oil, but the candelabra burned miraculously for several days. And so they celebrated this time at the Feast of Dedication. So this is when it takes place during Hanukkah that Jesus does this teaching. Now they corner Jesus, they encircle him, and they ask him, how long will you keep us in suspense? That Greek phrase could actually be translated, how long are you going to continue to annoy us? They're annoyed at him. And I don't think, and this is my opinion, I don't think this group really wants to know if Jesus is the Messiah. I think they want him to come out and state who he is so they can have him put on trial. They've been trying to kill him. They've been trying to trap him. And so they really don't care if Jesus is the Messiah or not. They they just want to get this answer from him so they can say, okay, see, he's a blasphemer. But Jesus spoke in metaphors a lot of times. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. And if they're paying close attention, they would realize he is claiming to be the Messiah. He's actually claiming to be much more than the Messiah. For example, we're told in the Old Testament that God is the shepherd of Israel. And Jesus is claiming to have that role. So he's saying much more than just being the Messiah. He is much greater than the Messiah. But they want him to come out and state it plainly. And so Jesus says some interesting things. One thing I want to pick up at the very end. He says, I and the Father are one. Now, that is blasphemous. He's claiming to be one with God the Father. So we're starting to get this glimpse into what Christians call Trinitarian theology. We don't have time to do that today to talk about how the doctrine of the Trinity came about, the idea of one God being three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But passages like this help build that theology of the Trinity. And there's a lot of places in the Bible where it supports that, even in places in the Old Testament. So there's the idea of this oneness between the Father and the Son. And we saw that in John's prologue. He told us that the the Word was with God. Uh, Word being uh, the pre-incarnate Son, the Word was with God. And the Greek word there, with, is pros. He's toward God. He's face-to-face with God. He is literally in the bosom of God, so to speak. Uh, A very sense of closeness and unity with the Father and the Son. That's scandalous that he says. But what I want you to hear today for us as believers is the intimacy we have with Christ. We hear his voice. He knows us personally. And he says something beautiful. He says, the Father has given us to him. So we have been given into the care of the Son. I mean, what better place can you be than in the care of Jesus Christ? When we think of people that have lost loved ones, and we as Christians grieve as as we should. Even our Lord grieved at death. We'll see that in the next chapter. But we as Christians don't grieve like non-believers because we know that, that our loved ones have gone in to the hands of Jesus. I mean, what better place can you be? But listen to what Jesus says. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. So there's this idea that we are in the hands of Christ and we're also in the hands of the Father. I can't help but think of another passage that, that relates to this one that talks of assurance we have in Christ. What assurance means is that if you're walking in the light, if you're walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're in him, there's no better place to be. Bad things will happen to you. Hardships will come, but you will not be taken from the sun. No external decree from the government or from people or circumstances are going to change your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that should give us great assurance and great hope. 
Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39, probably one of the greatest passages on assurance compared to this one. These are two great ones, the one we just read a minute ago from John 10, but also in Romans 8. Listen to what Paul says. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will we not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or sword or danger? As is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that should give us great comfort today to hear that, to hear the words of Jesus. If you're a believer, hear what he's saying. Nothing can snatch you out of his hand or the Father's hand. And who's more powerful than God himself? Nothing, nothing that the world says about you, nothing that family says about you, nothing the government, there could be a law passed tomorrow outlawing Christianity, doesn't matter. That cannot take you from the hands of your God. And we are more than conquerors, more than conquerors, and we have this great assurance. And that assurance is based on what Jesus did for us, not on how good we are. If it was based on that, that would be pretty shaky ground. And I think that's why a lot of people have no assurance because it's based on their own performance. Your assurance is based on what Jesus has said about you and the promises he has made to you. And that's where you should put your hope and trust in the unshakable power of the gospel. Well, I hope you have a great day. I hope this passage has encouraged you. Man, we need some encouragement. Right now, people are probably tired of being cooped up inside during this this time of self-quarantine, but I hope these passages bring just some, some great hope to you today. Put a smile on your face. Hope to see you again tomorrow with our next podcast.